So uh, it's Sean the Shark. <laughs> we oh, very yeah, much awful. enjoyed the Sean Connery, well, and, yeah, and there's yeah. been a, a big reaction. <laughs> sure, there has. <laughs> <laughs> Let's never do that again. And I think uh, I think you should tell your famous Sean Connery uh, joke. I think we were just excited last time, and I know we do the joke. There was a giddy. Okay, we'll well, do the right, joke. Okay. Knock knock. No, no, no. no. I've got to do it. I thought that was the joke. No, no, no. You've got to do the knock knock. All right, okay. Thing. No, you're right. Sorry, Jules, you do the knock knock. Knock knock. Who's there? Shot. Oh, no. No, it's me. <laughs> it's me. I see, I was right. Jesus. God, we can't even do a knock knock joke. I was right. Let the you record right. show. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> see, I was only Just say knock knock, Stuart. Knock knock. Who's there? Sean. Sean who? No, that's Sean. Knock knock. Who's there? there? Dishes. Dishes? Dishes who? Dishes Sean Connery. Open the fucking door. <laughs> Boom. Play the music. Oh, welcome to the Good Roundup. Good is a brand consultancy in the UK and we get together to talk about brand and things and things that are interesting to us and I am joined as ever by uh, Chris Lumsden. Hello. And Julie Murdoch. Hello. And... Uh, that was our pre-pod. I'm glad we got that out of the way. And now we can talk about some quite serious uh, business. So today we're going to have a we're going to have a chat. It's a contentious chat. I hope it's a bit provocative. But basically, Chris, you wrote an article for the Good website mm. with the headlines: "Do clients choose us, or do we choose them?" The long and the short of it is basically we're talking about a, a new client engagement policy at Good, and that's it's caused a little bit of internal chin rubbing and scratching and soul searching and and what can you talk a little bit more about the article and what a new client and client engagement policy is and why do right. we think we need it all that kind of stuff the actual thing about having that policy has been in in the knocking about my head or our heads for a while i'd written some notes on it a wee while ago after reading re- or rereading some stuff player ends had written um and player ends is for those who may not know. Uh, uh, runs a thing called Win Without Pitching and is a big sort of agency consultant and we've seen him a few times and we like his work and he's, you know, speaks a lot of truth, I think. He's um, one of the two bobs. And the two yeah, bobs. that's right. right. And I'd always sort of admired it but been too scared to kind of deal with it. But mm. but we've also done some other work recently with uh, Rob Bonn at Co-Definery, another good guy, who's helped us or, or talked, helped us sort of sharpen our own sort of proposition and thinking and in, and key and, and key to that is about encouraging us to be more active in the engagement process. So let's take that back a little bit. So when we talk about engagement process, how how, how is the current engagement well, process run just now? That's, so how I start the article is being a little bit extreme to be to create a reaction. The, I say that the convention around hiring creative designer brand agencies is kind of so hopelessly one-sided that it's a joke and that's not anyone's fault it's just kind of the received wisdom of that's how you do this is how you do it but it generally is that all the power and influence and leverage rests with the client because they have the money they make the rules they define the engagement rules and everyone run, runs along and plays to those rules and it quite often involves agencies having to do quite a lot of work on spec for nothing and then the client gets to choose the ones they like. And you kind of run it down as like, you know, so the client needs an agency. They, are, they then write a one-page brief, send it out to five people. 
the expectation is you're going to solve the problem with that brief. We then spend agencies, all of us would then spend what, four weeks, three weeks on creating a response. Sometimes two. To present a response. And and the problem is and it commoditizes what we do. It, it reduces it down to, 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 to really design only uh, and a, a, a beauty parade. And that's not what we do. We want to be stronger in that process. It's not a rant about free pitching because that's a whole different thing. No one, as far as we're concerned, it's in more the DBA, about how clients choose no to, dis- to, yeah. to appoint our businesses in our field. I think because at the moment it's very much there's an opportunity that's dictated by the client. You are one of a group of agencies who either who take part in a process that win or lose that opportunity. But there's not often that you get the get the chance to discuss fit on both sides rather than necessarily mm-hmm. it being purely determined by the mm-hmm. client and their needs and i think and i think the client's the right to do that mm-hmm. and i say that in the piece i think the client's right to have rules around this is what we're looking what for what their engagement needs to yeah. look like this yeah. is this is the type of firm we want this is the experience here's the money this is the time this is what we want they define that and the right to but we well, should do that too yeah, and we that's kind that. of the premise of your article, isn't it? And just, and I think, like you say, it the principles that we talk about, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about in a second, in the article aren't nece- aren't things that are necessarily new to us, or the way that, or yeah, most of them aren't aren't new conversations that we've been having. But I think the decision to be quite bold and transparent with it, and what we want that client engagement to look like, isn't necessarily something that you see that often yeah. in, in our space and and what but what's key to it for me is linked to the work around positioning if you're really clear about the work mm. that you do and who you do it for then you can have an active conversation around is this the right fit for us mm. and that's what robin was talking about wasn't it Absolutely. how much you commit to using that kind of positioning those principles to inform the sales approach and inform how you make decisions about the business that you take on and being confident about that. A lot of it does come down to confidence, doesn't it? A hundred percent. And I think the thing that is revealing is that it, it actually differentiates you in that sale process and mm. to, to the client, I believe, because so many agencies are just attached to that opportunity and will dance to the tune mm. because, you know, the received wisdom is this is just the way it is and, and, and you've got to do it. But I think and there if, are if conventions in this space that I think it, it is the received wisdom. You know, that's this is the way that, that those engagements have been run for a long time and I think still are largely in the, well, design industry, particularly advertising, you know, and I think it's as you start to move into that consultancy space, it, it, it mm-hmm. changes the nature of those discussions and it needs a different type of engagement. And if, if you're a client and you're looking for expertise, then doesn't it demonstrate expertise on behalf of the agency? If you hmm. say, we need to understand more about this potential opportunity to actually make a come to a judgment around whether it's a good fit for you too. But that means that you have to be ballsy enough to go eight times in 10 to go, this isn't for us. Hmm. This isn't our best work. This isn't our core focus of core business. So taking it back a bit, we are, and we'll go through what we're changing a little bit more. But if I'm a client and you're kind of going, we're going to change the way that we engage on the pitching process. If I am a, of a certain type of client, I go, well, fuck you, because it works well for me. Fine. And that's then, fine. Then we know quite quickly yeah. the fit's not there. Yeah, because I think you know? that's the thing. It's when you, when we, and I think part of it is about maybe the maturity of us as an agency, which again breeds its own confidence. You know, you know where you do your best work, you know the type of engagements that you're looking for. And I think when you're constantly evaluating 
the opportunity and the potential fit part of what you're looking for there is what is the what is the engagement process what is the pitch process and if it's a we want you to solve our problem in order to be, get appointed then and you and you have then a conversation to say we're that's not how we work that doesn't fit with our philosophy in terms of how we engage with clients and run our business and the client decides that, that is there and that's perfectly within their right if that's what if you know if that's the way they want to run the process and that's their need fine if they want to tell us to fuck off then that's that's on our head you know not not theirs that's that's a good answer by the way you two have done a lot of thinking this let's run through we've kind of so it's on the side to be fair where we are at the moment is we're we're kicking it about a bit would that be fair to say at the moment i think it's more fine tuning it than kicking it about a bit because i think the basic like like you say the basic principles of what chris talks about in the article aren't new to our business i don't i don't think i think it's probably evolved over the last number of years but in terms of saying no to opportunities that's not something that we is new to how we work no but i still think and i still think we'd be to be honest the reason why it's not we've not adopted it wholesale is because it's still really hard Mm. to do it's hard and counterintuitive to turn away from potential work in an industry where you have very little visibility of forward work when there is opportunity, it's hard not to become attached to it. And actually, Rob wrote about something recently. He talked about agencies have what he calls a, describes as an anxiety attachment to opportunities or clients. Yeah. And that, I think, is really interesting. And I sent, I feel that, you know, we all do, because you, you, you almost feel like you have an, an obligation to participate in that for, for mm. not just the client, but for yourself. Because and for the team. Well, yeah, you're yeah. attached to it because there's a potential, but it might be might. big. Mm. But, but what we've learned over the years is that that doesn't pay in the long term because when you become attached to these opportunities emotionally or you need it for the work, you, it never turns out the way you want and it doesn't work for you in the long term. It degrades you emotionally. I think I find it particularly personally pretty hard to get over some of these things because I feel the sense of injustice around it. I think commercially it kills you because you're, ble- you're bleeding resource. And the resource that should be spent on fee-paying clients. And, you know, I, I just fully believe that in the long, long term, our margins will be better for it or are better for it and that our people will be better for it and, and, and they'll respect themselves and their own work more in the fullness of time. But that doesn't get away from the fact that it's fucking hard. You've both talked a lot about how it's good for us as an agency mm. for somebody for one, yeah what, if a client's thinking about changing this and they're intrigued how do they sell that and how do you push against the tide on this i say they are it's one of our primary responsibilities to 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 demonstrate to the potential clients that we take the decisions and our and, and our value very seriously and not just for our sake for their sake too and and by that i mean it demonstrates a professionalism around the value that we can bring and what we do but it also lets them know that if they do become a client, we're not going to be pitching behind their back. We're not going to be bleeding their resource. I think it shows a, a sense of maturity and professionalism that I think is lacking in our industry. I think, and that's that's really the crux of it for me. I think is is that taking on pitch opportunities or engaging in pitch opportunities, which is unpaid speculative work, is one giving away our product for free, and it's our services, our product. So if we don't charge for that, then we've got nothing. You know, commercially, it doesn't make we, sense. We've got nothing. 
But from a client's point of view, I think it's very much that. It's easy to put in your A team into a pitch presentation, blow the client out of the water, and then, you know, that team's on to the next opportunity and the next pitch. What happens to the the client and the piece of work that they're now, they're now invested, they're investing in you, they're investing in our team. Agencies, at the best of times, never mind at the moment, are pretty lean Mm-hmm. in terms of resource. So no one has teams of people sitting around to work on speculative work. You know, that's resource that's being diverted from fee-paying clients. And philosophically, we just don't agree with that. Yeah, so you're better to find out earlier. What is it? A quick nose better than a, a long goodbye or whatever the thing is. You know, something that Blair Ends talks about a lot is the sale being the sample. So that, you know, the way that the client behaves and treats the balance of power or the relationship or the potential partnership, how they behave in that scenario is is what the relationship will be like. So either you need to change that or show that you are not going to go along to ridiculous timescales and ridiculous requests and devalue your own product. You need to have, you need to either get on the front foot and say no or or argue it to be treated differently. And if there, there is a a reluctance to grant you any concessions, then I think you need to ask yourself, is this a right, Is this going to be a right fit for us? It's hard. But again, the client benefit, to put it back to that, is that they are, in a sense, you know, again, I'm thinking about, because this is the tradition. The agency and the team that they're invested in, that they're investing their marketing dollars or their business dollars in, are, the, are, are focused on their business, not on speculative work. And they know that, they're working with an agency who believes that the project that the client is bringing to the table is one that fits their core business yeah. skill set. Because one of the other things we've not talked about here is, yeah. I wouldn't like to be for? a client. I wouldn't like to be a client trying to buy services because everyone says they do everything. Mm. And we've been in some ridiculous scenarios in the past where we've pitched, we've been pitching in a, not pitching, but a competitive bid situation with in a brand space. And you're up against PR companies or research companies. And, and, and you, you're looking at the client going, do you, what are you doing? If you're talking to a peer agency who say they do a bit of design brand, then are you getting a core discipline there? Are you getting a core skill set? But it happens all the time, doesn't mm-hmm. it? You know, and I, and I do, I do worry about. And to me, and to us, that's a sign that the client doesn't know what they're doing. That the client maybe isn't experienced enough, or not particularly senior, or or it's driven by cost, or whatever it is. There are signs, there are tells, mm-hmm. and you need to be honest. We need to be honest with ourselves and acknowledge them. It's hard. I keep saying that, I keep coming back to that, it's hard. Sorry, yeah, to your point about what's the client benefits, it's that, you know, we are not going to, by asking a lot of questions of the client in that engagement in terms of, you know, and some of those things are, you know, access to the right stakeholders, you know, who are we dealing with, right? You can't run a consultancy piece of work with, when you're dealing with people in the middle of an organisation being past second past secondhand information from leadership. You know, that's not how management consultancies work and it's that's not how tale. we do our best work. Some of that comes down to client experience. What type of brief do you get? Is it a self-diagnosed um, problem that is about executing or is it a client that's taken the time to think about what their problem is that we they would want us or an agency to help them solve? I think these kind of sort of, like Chris says, a kind of professionalism, a professionalism around how we approach the engagement will ultimately help the client make sure they're making the right decision in terms mm-hmm. of the right agency to help them solve their problem. Plus, they want to know if they're going to get Sean the shark on their business. I know, well, I mean, that, that, is, costs money, that is our money. Uh, secret That's weapon. Funny. I know, well, so, no, it's a secret It's weapon. not a secret because we're on a podcast. <laughs> so thinking about the, the actual policy itself, because we talked in line the reasons for instigating mm-hmm. it. So there's, what, six or seven 
areas of it. Uh, mm. So the the first one, and I'll throw this open to which one you want to talk to. So the, the engagement policy it kicks off with, we believe that any potential new client's agency selection process has to fit with our new client policy as outlined below. And the first point is fee for service. Does that mean? It means the bottom line is you get paid for what you do, you know. Kind of <laughs> touched on it already. Yeah, we touched on that. So it's such a... It's such a well-trodden path that I don't think some, and I don't blame the clients. They don't even maybe even understand what it means. But we're giving away our value. If we don't attach a value to it, we're giving it away for nothing. And we have, and Jill said earlier, we've got nothing. So our principle is that our clients benefit from the advice we give them and we charge for that, whether you're a, an engaged client or a potential client. So that's it. Yeah. So, you know, it's a principle. You know, would, would, would McKinsey come in and spend a month doing some stuff for free to see whether you like it? No, because they know the value they bring. No. So we're the same. Next point, no free pitching. Yeah, we've talked about this. It's the same. It's the same. It is. It's the kind of same. It's just recognizing the value of, of your own product and your own, you know, our own um, work, I guess. And I think when we're talking about pitching, that's not to say we won't engage in a competitive bidding situation, I think, but it depends on what the ask is. And if the ask is for a, a thinking or, a, a, you know, a strategic response of you on the business or their issue or their problem, a create, certainly if it's creative execution or a creative response, digital insight, whatever it would, may be, that, that's, our, that's our service and that's what we get paid for. So we're not, we're not going to take part in a pitch where that's expected as part of the pitch response because that essentially for us means doing the job before we've been paid for it. Well, and sometimes, you know, you've got a one in four or one in five, mm. four, five chance of winning a... And clients sometimes say, we're not looking for an awful lot, which is just a, a nothing because what you, if you're going to do it, you have to do it to yeah, win. You can't yeah. half, you can't ha- you half think about, yeah, can't half think about a problem. And right? you're, you're extremely... I mean, it's interesting to turn the tables on the client in that scenario because, you know, I think the DBA quote, the, your, average, your average burn for someone like that is about 10 to 15 grand. Mm, um and so you're extremely exposed and it's not, so you say, you know, if, if you're in our position, let's think about the sensible business decision. You know, we don't know the odds of us winning because someone's always got the inside track. We're ext- we've, we've invested about 15 grand's worth of cost. We don't know the size of the prize of the budgets and all that, you know, they don't, because sometimes they don't even think they need to tell you the, you know, what you're playing for. And it undermines the resource we've already allocated to fee paying clients. So the, the quality for our fee paying clients is undermined. It's not a particularly compelling business but proposition we have, isn't it, really? and we have also had instances where and it's not it doesn't happen very often usually if there is a pitch fee it's a token gesture a couple of grand pitch fee but even that is a you know it's still a commitment from the client because they're paying that three four maybe five times over but we have and we were involved in one a few years ago where the client had paid oh gosh, that's not inappropriate to say is it, it was paying four agencies ten thousand a ten thousand pound pitch fee for hats off to them fair play to them because they wanted the confidence that the agencies that were involving in the in the pitch process were committed to it to committed to putting their best foot forward and putting their best team on it to demonstrate the thinking that they wanted to see and it wasn't a full creative response that we're asking for but they were asking for a bit of insight and thinking in terms of where what the vision for the brand was and that then becomes a decision where you wait up and say we're probably going to invest more than 10 grand's worth of time to to, to try and win this but you know you're not going to walk away with it with nothing it's not dead time that shows a client that knows what they're doing yeah. and the time frames on that one in particular as well were i think we had Maybe 10 weeks. Mm. Perfect. More often than not, these briefs come in and you're expected to respond within a month. And it's like, who, who has a team sitting about? Mm. Yeah, waiting. That's probably one of the best run 
pitches. Competitive yeah. pitch scenarios. We've All been the right stakeholders in. were involved from the start. The brief was clear. I think we should name check them. I think we should name check them. <laughs> Gordon McPhail. Yeah. Um, Hi, guys. I, I, and, I agree, and, and you know what, since then have been a, a continue to be a great yeah. client. And I think that's the point. Once you start off in that engagement, I think that's what you're saying. Well, what the secret the, sauce that yeah. they need to understand is that the, the whole agency team's much more motivated to deliver on their business. They're positively predisposed to them. But it does work both ways. I mean, I think we have a really good relationship with Gordon McPhail and we like working with them because they started the engagement off. Respectfully. Yeah, yep. I got to look, we, will, we know your time's precious because our time's precious and I think it's it's been really good. Yeah, that whole pitch thing, Blair says something in his book which was good. Is he says it's the difference between being a practitioner and a performer. Mm. You know, we're not auditioning. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. you know, we're serious about what yeah. we do. The next one's interesting. Uh, it, and I think this is quite bold because I don't know there's a lot of people that would necessarily put this out, but the minimum... 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 minimum Easy for you. Come on, Sean. Minimum. Minimum engagement. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, we're saying that the business is geared to engage with clients who spend a minimum of 30k on a project. And and that's probably quite low. We had an argument about whether it should be 100. But the reason yeah, for that is the amount of time that is spent with tire kickers, Right. So you get, it's the usual, and it's all about the tells. And we were talking about this earlier, about the experience we have now. At no, you know instantly whether there's a lead that's worth. But it's to try and put these people off, because try as you might, you still get stuff coming in to, hello, we are good, saying, can you design a logo from a local church fit? And it's like, do you know what? I'd love to. I'm launching a new brand. Uh-huh. Can you give me some costs but for we, identity? We are not that firm. And I'm not saying that we're looking down on that work. There's a, there's, there is a role for that work. We're just not fit. We're not good fit for that. So we'll recommend other people. Yeah. We'll recommend freelance. We'll recommend other. But that all takes time. So I'd rather head it off. The, the sooner they know we're not right for them, the better. Yeah, for you know, yeah, for nice. everyone. Yeah. For them as well. And yeah. I've had conversations with people and they said, look, at the end of the day, I appreciate your candor and honesty because it saved me a lot of time. Yeah. And again, that's not to say there's always tolerances within that. And every, you know, I think it's like, you know, it's like Chris says, it's kind of sets our stall out. But of course, there's a bit of grey in that. And it's not to say that after the initial client engagement, every project that we work with a, a project spend minimum of £30,000. Of course, there are smaller bits of work that come in, particularly with longer standing clients. But I think it, it definitely does help sift a lot of those kind of particularly inbound inquiries out earlier in the process rather than previously we've spent days writing proposals to respond on an identity brief that someone's got five grand which like you say waste of time waste of you know waste but there is a place for that and it's not to say that that's not important work that somebody it's just we're not an agency that's geared and i think i've become better and more confident in even in that first discussion to say look please don't take this the wrong way but you know let's talk about money now because it'll save you time and me time if we're not aligned yeah. And it's not a fit. Yeah, I think in the past we got excited about the work, to your point, the anxiety about what the work Attachment. is. And then suddenly you kind of, in your head, you've got an expectation, goes, I know this is going to cost X. And then you go, when you get to the budget, and it goes, well, we've got 10K. And you go, oh. <laughs> And then what you do is you spend probably the next two days going back and forth about whether it's a proper investment piece. Yeah. Two words that I yeah. fucking hate, and which is basically let's play on our emotion about how we're attached to it to make it seem yeah. like a sensible proposition. Yeah. And then what we do is we complain about it throughout the whole process. And whose fault is it anyway? It's ours yeah, for taking it on. We've also made the mistake in the past of 
well, sim- along similar <laughs> lines of there's some sense of a bigger opportunity yeah. just the, the on the horizon. And you're Fruit like, well, we'll do it for this. But then, like Chris said earlier, by that point, the nature of the engagement is set. A client's expectations are set. And so you can't turn, if, if you're delivering a 30 grand piece of work for a third of that, you can't then turn around and charge you know, done. three times what they're expecting the next time round. So it just it just doesn't. And we have done it. We've been. I mean, yeah, this this, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this whole is, policy um, is out of this learned mistakes. Well, exactly, <laughs> and that that's yeah. called anchoring, isn't it? It's just a yeah. it's a it's a bias. You know, once you've anchored low in your pricing, yeah. you ain't going you up. You can stay there. <laughs> you know. stay on that seabed. Yeah, it's difficult. But encountering that, which I think is nice, is long term. You know, and I, I chat about you know we're looking for long term yeah. relationships. So we. I mean, I think that's true of, of us and our long-standing clients is that they're the ones, we know who we can best help and we know the type of client and we know the type of challenges that they're going to have over a, 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 any long, an extended period of time. Uh, so the, so we can sense and they can sense and, and they're looking for someone that, that fit between their need and our expertise and are willing to let us kind of lead that engagement in there. You know, and it's a journey. It's not transactional. And that's what I say is we look to cultivate relationships over transactions then that's a good fit for us if this is a one and done you know the opportunities are one and done it's a quick in and out probably you know it's not as good a fit for us yeah i would agree i mean i think again there's not and this i don't think this is black and white either i'm now trying to think of an example where that might have been the case but that's not to say that we wouldn't necessarily be commissioned to do a piece of thinking around brand evolution or values or positioning or or language or whatever it may be and then hand that off to either local agencies mm-hmm. to work with for implementation or internal teams to take forward and and are less involved in the kind of execution of it longer term but i think more often than not, the that initial piece of brand work will lead to work. So those, you know, it just by its nature, it becomes a longer term client engagement. And mm-hmm. I think that is where, you know, it's where we're able to add a, add more value, and it's where the client gets most value and, out of out of us. And hey, who wouldn't business. want to have a long term relationship with us? <laughs> I, know, I mean, lucky I can't people. possibly. Think. All it'll cost you is a minimum of thirty k for a long term. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing, which is a slightly different point, but I think there are we've also ha- had experience in the past where some of those initial brand pieces when they have turned into sort of more sort of ad hoc projects going forward by their very nature have become more transactional and you know you quote a piece of work for ten thousand pounds based on what we know it will take to deliver it and what can you do it for eight can you do it for five can you do it i've only got and a client will dictate the budget and we will do use that old well we'll cut our cloth accord and and you never cut your cloth you deliver you deliver the job to the best of the team's ability you don't cut corners and those some of those situations we've also made a decision we've also then had a conversation with the client to say we are probably we're we're, we're probably just outgrown each other yeah. here and there's nothing and there's no that's not there's no yeah, shame that, in that and I that, think it's that just, sense of frustration around servicing that work with our is the thing that bleeds from the top of the agency yeah. right the way through to the bottom because it really frustrates the design team as well yeah because they you know they're all commercial to some extent as well they won't the the more the sooner we can you know and we're good at that we're much better at that than we were you know getting away from those frustrations and understanding the value of your product central to that and i think because the 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 short answer is can you can you do it for x well yeah we can but are we going to be profitable if we do it for x no and then you kind of weigh up the commercials with the client relationship and and make a call on it from there or, or have a conversation you know and, and the more open and honest i think you mm-hmm. are as an agency and they are as a client the, the less painful it becomes yep 
And mm-hmm. and I think the long term, I mean, working with Landsec at the moment on a project, we've been working with Landsec for 11 years. And I think we've saved them a lot of money on mm. that long-term relationship, not just because there's always new people coming in at their end. And when mm. they have ideas, we can present the reason that we didn't do it three years ago. That's not a reason not to do it now, but we've got that history that yeah, and you, you, Landsec have got. You uh, said something the other year. week about a project, about a client to justify the cost. It's like, do you want to spend 100 grand now to save 400 over the next three years? Yeah. I mean, that's the types of conversations yeah, we, we need to be have. having. Yeah, and they're I, not transactional. Yeah, yeah, and I think the clients that we deal with, which are maybe sometimes at the end of the transaction, transactional end, do appreciate having that conversation because it makes it easier to buy. And I think that's obviously our job. And I think part of the thing with this policy is to help our potential clients make it easy to buy us as well because mm. they're going to know what we're going to be a little bit more on the front foot. Mm. What is it called again? Uh, I think it's played ends again. I think it's the polite struggle for control. Mm. <laughs> it's defined as this. The, the, the dance and yeah. the engagement because it's you know understanding where the power actually does lie yep and just because we're the one that take the money from the client in the in the end doesn't mean you have no power in that engagement, engagement. yeah i think as your well, power is you walking know, away yeah and and i think because that also then bleeds into like you say how the project is then going to run because if one of those kind of things that we look for in that early client conversation is is this a team a client team that are willing to be challenged and have some difficult discussions and conversations about their brand, their business, their team potentially, you know, and I think whether it's a conversation about budget and engagement or whether it's a conversation about mm-hmm. the right solution for their for their problem, that kind of, they're all, it's all. You know, and it's not an arrogance. It's not, yeah. we're not arrogant people, but it's a, it's a confidence in knowing our subject matter. We don't know about accounting or manufacturing or production or logistics or any of the equally important business angles that our client mm. undoubtedly does know about but we do know about our stuff yeah so we need to lead that you need to let us lead that well that leads us beautifully on to our next point which is on the principles which is core skill set so we've done some work on this recently haven't we in in terms of helping to sort of fine-tune where we play best i guess where we do our best work and that's around this kind of helping complex global companies rethink their brand for a digital first world if the opportunity fits that broad descriptor yeah or the client and the opportunity then another tick in the box for fit right if if it's a big and, and yeah there's a, there might be a question maybe global <laughs> should be in brackets but big organizations that have sort of complex brand challenges and some of that is inevitably snarled up in the digital manifestation, then we are the right firm for them. If it's more around, and there was one we walked away from a couple of weeks ago, Jules, which was, it was presented as that type of challenge. And yeah. we had our noses up and we were saying, this sounds like a good fit. Let's have a further conversation. But when we challenged them on some of the stuff Jules talked about earlier about, so are we talking to the senior, presumably we're talking to the leadership. This is an important aspect for the leadership to, to, to streamline the brand and what that's going to do for the business. We, we were met with a, maybe it's, no, this is living with us at the sort of middle level. And I'm actually the senior kind of team. I'm particularly to keen get on get it. behind yeah. it, yeah, as a as an initiative. And we walked away from that one yeah. because that's no good will come of that, and we can't do our best work in that scenario. So it, it's that sense of just ticking that box. You know, if it plays to our core, core skill set, then 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 let's let's stick with it. But if it doesn't, let's see why and let's walk away from it. So that, I mean, there's another couple of things here about proposals where you can email Chris to ask more about proposals and, and rate card reduction. Well, I think on that, the proposals ones, just yes, let me pick right, that one okay, up because okay. I think it's also interesting. What's a proposal? 
uh, you know, someone might say, well, what's a proposal? And, and I, I guess, you know, I put that in there because I, th I think it's important that somebody's able to write down what they believe their business challenge is. They need to supply that to us. And then we're able to, to at a very, very top level, check out some of those, the criteria, have a think about it, and then, you know, maybe send them a note back to say, which would be a very top line philosophy, maybe a, a methodology and, and a minimum engagement figure to have a, a further discussion. So it's not about sending something with creative in it or strategy. Or, this is about the engagement, a proposal for engagement, you know, and it's one page. It's, it's, it's a paragraph. It's, it's, you know, it's sentences. It's not, mm. it's not a document, you know? Mm. So uh, I, I guess but that's maybe the weakest one. I don't know if that'll stay, make the cut. I don't know. I, th I think the last one is definitely the one that when I shown this to a couple of people, there's a bit of a, hey, but you know what, but I think it also shows where we are, which is around rate card rate reductions. Well, and the fact that we're mentioning it before. You guys have done more of this than, than well, Julie. Julie. <laughs> it's a procurement, so, oh. like your procurement And I think the fact that we're even talking about procurement at this stage is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think the so the and the point that Chris makes is around rate card reductions is that we don't make reductions or revisions to the rate card unless there's a kind of minimum spend of five half a caught half a million pounds in a twelve month period. Now again, those numbers are indicative, aren't they? But I think our rates are are, are benchmarked against the industry we use because really that's well the DBA average design business association is still the kind of the best best benchmark we have really we use some US stats to make sure that globally they're kind of representative of where where they need to be in our space and more and more we're not we don't quote projects by hours or day hours minutes days it's value it's value-based yeah. pricing so it doesn't come down to number of hours spent. And I think because that's that's challenging in its own in its own right. It becomes a conversation about, well, we think that will only take two days. Why do you think it's going to take four? And you're like How dare you they? get into these increments of time that get challenged by clients who either they think you're rip, they're, you're ripping them off or you don't know your business well enough and they're pro brief well enough to understand what it's going to take as an investment from our side to it deliver commoditizes it. commoditizes what we do. And it just, yeah, so I think, and we have, again, don't get me wrong, we've got, we work with big global organizations who have uh, terriers in their procurement team that need, their whole function is, is there to demonstrate a saving. So of course we will negotiate and, and make revisions and make apply discounts where we need to. Totally, because at the end of the day, you can buy a logo on the internet for five dollars. Yep, <laughs> I'll put some links. And some, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because this is this is I'll the thing. How, Visit how Chris's hard? website, ChrisDoesDesign.com. <laughs> how hard you have to work to differentiate yourself from that? Yeah, is because the two yeah. things aren't the same, but they're presented as being the same. And again, that def comes back to your positioning. What type of firm are you? Are we selling a lot of execution work or are we selling harder to define strategic valuable work? And and, and that is just harder to price. So that, that so, so where are we with this? Well, so we I, put some in the blog and, and I think at the moment what we're saying is, and I think you, you acknowledge the fact that in black and white when you read it, it does read a little bit presumptuous. I do. Well, but presumptuous is maybe good. I, I mean, I, we're... You know, I think we're all getting on a little bit and, 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 you know, more and more experience. It's like, I'd rather have fewer higher quality conversations, let's be yeah. honest, rather than courting the world and hoping that 50% of it will come off. I think it stakes out the territory about who we are and what we're like as a firm. 
It talks about the work and, you know, we're, we're very quickly able to get to value conversations. Uh, and I think at the very least, having the conversation about these five or six points or the whole philosophy of it is valuable, whether yeah. it's with a client yeah. or with ourselves. And opportunity to come in and we can look at it, we can look at it against some of that criteria and make make some informed decisions. And it also, you know, it allow us to know when we're compromising on our professional integrity, which is important to me. I know it's not to you two, but it's important to me. Can we have a podcast about professional integrity? I could learn a lot. That would be magic. That would be great. <laughs> Julie's just headbutted the microphone. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, yeah, the, you're right. So the question we've got is, and we've been talking about this off, off air, about whether this goes on our website and i think it should yeah, i do think I'd it like should to I, see think, it. I, I think you should what i page. In, what i am interested <laughs> we in, are probably not the right client for you <laughs> agency for you I, what i am interested in is the other side of this because i think it's very easy for us to get into our outraged bubble and, can, and but I, it's not but I don't an think we bubble. are in an outrage bubble. It's not an outrage bubble. I'm not saying the client shouldn't do their thing. I'm saying we should do our thing. Right. And other agencies okay. should do their thing too. And I think there's... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, not... that was a wrong choice. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't but, say outrage bubble. Don't say, but I don't think we are in an outrage bubble. I think it's... I do think the whole article is quite measured and even if it provokes the right type of conversation, then it's done its job. Because of course there's give and take and there's compromise to be had and there's there you know, nuance is. within here. There always is. But I think setting out... we're we Having a discussion about what you want the relationship to look like and what you want that engagement to look like and that being a two-way process rather than a one-way street coming from the client, I think is a is a positive way to start the relationship. It's not about singing the poor we us agency card. It's it or card song. Yeah, because no one's, it's no one's holding is. a gun to your head to go yeah. into these these really. You you end up with the clients you deserve, right? If you end up you know with a with overbearing clients that penny pinch every and give you no time to finish the jobs, the only person you got to blame is yourself, not the yeah. client. Walk away from it. What I what I meant to say, apart from outrage, but <laughs> what, what I will pick my words more carefully is, we have been talking about it within the four walls. I am interested to open that out a little bit further to kind of because I'm sure there's clients who have got a view on it, and I'm sure there's other. I agencies. would not really bothered about that. <laughs> 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 what is it? Just what, a wee joke. Are you keen to know what they think? I just think it's, I think it's kind of very interesting. See, I don't, I don't know if, I, like, with all due respect to all of our clients who I have a huge amount of respect for, genuinely, I don't know if I do care what they think when it comes to this, because this isn't about them. This is about, well, it is. What she it? said. It's about, you know, we do, they don't, clients don't come to us and ask them, ask us, you know, how do we, how do we want to run this? I don't know. Maybe they do sometimes. You know what, you know what I'm trying to say? I, do, I just, I think this is us all the work, you know, the work that we've been doing with Robin around kind of firming up her positioning, being kind of fine tuning some of that stuff and having the kind of confidence to use that to drive how we think about our sales approach, drive how we think about our new business strategy. I think, you know, we're not looking, we can't, it's kind of a, on a tangent, but, you know, we're not looking for to add a client to our books every month of the year. We're looking for one or two key client engagements, right? the right type of fit and the right type of client, probably one or two a year, really. Now, obviously, you'll pick up other smaller bits and pieces along the way, but this is really about the kind of bigger client engagements that are the... Are and you're, the are but the you're right, Jules. I, I don't care either what they think about it, because it is about us. It's not about them. I, I, it's not... Well, 
as a customer-focused like, customer me and Chris agreeing and like, yeah. I know, that, that never happens. I know. As a customer-focused business, we are interested in what people of course are. I know, that's yeah. why I was a so, bit... So, so we are, of course, interested. And I am more interested than care. I'm sorry, Sean. I think, I think you're right. I'm interested. I think it's, it's, I'm interested in as yes. to why, why has to... See, don't start trying to dissolve your rage with, my, with the care and interest. I am interested as to why... You know, it's almost like you don't get fired for going through the IBM terrible process. So what, yeah. what is the shift that needs to be done? Yeah, that's a fair Both point. for agents, because I mean, the more agencies that band together around this, the better the work would be for everybody. But that's, that's not our job. That's the DBA's job. That's a job, trade but association. I, but I'm still nevertheless interested in the, in what the resistance is internally, because it would help us prepare any kind of thing that we go into to kind of go, I am interested now. It, th- it's just the care about kind of going, what, why is, why is this so hard for you guys to break out? And do you see this? Do you recognize this? And is there a but at the end? Do you mean, do you, learn do you, yeah, do you mean, do they learn. recognize the flaws in their recruitment process? Yeah. And, and is there good experiences going through the traditional thing where they've got the beauty pageant going on? Or has there, have there been problems with this kind of process where you get a more, is it right to, can you compare like to like? Or, I'm just curious as to the impact of this. I'm not saying for a second that we, we we don't do it. That's not what I'm saying. I am curious as to when people see it, what do they think and what is the problem that they have got to address well, internally? Generally when it's seen or when you get into a conversation like this with a prospective client, it's too late. Yeah, They've already gone to market or they've already engaged the process with three or four other firms. You know, it's it's unusual for things to change at that point. But I do I do think it's yeah, you I think what you're saying is what what is the, what is it that drives the conventional wisdom and how do yeah. you change that? Uh, on the client side. This sounds eminently and, sensible. Well, I, the reality to that is I I don't know, but I do think I do think that clients enter these tasks thinking they know more about the process and understand more about how to do this than they actually than they actually do. They don't have an awful lot of experience in it and and therefore are more likely to adopt the conventional uh, received wisdom around you just run a pitch. Just run a pitch, find a supplier, run a pitch without actually picking apart and thinking about what are the issues with that. It's quite it's quite an intellectual exercise, isn't yeah. it? To and unpack I th- it. And all. I think that's what I'm interested and, and I think, in. Provoking. I think when when we do talk to people about that, they I've never had anyone you know, we, we, we've we've agreed to disagree, and people people always respect your position on it. It's back to the kind of are you who are you dealing with in that in that process? Who's the who's driving the initiative in the business, whatever it is? Because if it's if it's being led by a head of marketing or a CMO or a CEO, then chances are the opportunity to have this conversation may well re- result in a different outcome. You know that you do have the opportunity then to change, take the conversation down a slightly different track. But the brand managers who are the budget owners don't have the authority to say, we're not going to do it that way this time because the business dictates that they do it differently. Yeah, so true. it's just... It doesn't always become about. It's not always about the individual running the process. Sometimes now, some there are also ways that again we can, we've kind of tried to derail sort of pitch processes in the past in terms of having those conversations. That generally, that's easier with an existing client rather than someone that's a kind of entirely new client engagement. But I, I don't think there is any. There's not an easy answer to it. And I don't. I think the more the more of these 
type of conversations that agencies can have that the industry we can have in the industry the better but i don't think it's not an, i don't think there's an easy fix ultimately we, we, we are doing what we are doing and you know i i hope that we can i hope that we can come on here in, in another year and say that it's working i i would love people to respond to this and give us their feedback and see what they think and their experiences good bad or indifferent as i said i don't i agree with you i don't think it necessarily changes the tact that we're on but as a yeah as a wider as a wider just conversation i'm quite interested in seeing what people think yeah our what listeners the wonder what our I'm, listeners i'm sure my mother-in-law will be in touch <laughs> again <laughs> our whole three listeners are going to be coming how's right? the three stars yeah. coming are we three star we're, we're maintaining our three stars are we oh, three yeah, and a half no i don't i can't remember how much we're up to now i don't look at it i would like people to I've tell had, a friend and, i've had two and, or three messages in the week we've had stuff people saying people that you don't it's quite interesting people that you Old clients coming out of the woodwork saying, I loved that episode about such and such. Well, share. Yeah. I know. Yeah, share, yeah. tell a friend, especially something like this, and if you've got any feedback, let us know. But this closes out the Do it. 14th 14. episode Do of The Good Roundup. Do it, Sean Connery. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this, the 14th episode of The Good Roundup.